Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. It has begun. Welcome to Two Nerdskis in a Podcast, everybody. It's the one show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. As always, I'm one of your nerdskis, Eric. And I'm the other nerdski, Jeff. You stumbled there a bit, but you know what? Made a quick recovery. Perfect. Alrighty. And welcome to our little review on a classic from 1995 called... Mortal Kombat! Uh, to be honest, though, I okay, seriously, like, do you remember the first time you heard this theme? I think it's pretty iconic at this point. I, I think I heard the, I don't remember when I first heard the theme, but when I did, I thought, oh my God, this is one of the most, in the, in the words of uh, the great Mike Siklowski, uh, this is one of the most awesome. You mean stock ever. You mean stock Lassa from uh, Mortal Kombat? Uh, I mean from Red Letter Media. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, this is one of the most awesomest things ever. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? I've actually don't know if they ever made a review on Mortal Kombat, but I'd be curious to ever see him do it in their like review series. But okay, so yes, we are reviewing the 1995 version of Mortal Kombat. Uh, which is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. And um, yeah, it's surprising how Paul W.S. Anderson used to make good movies before making an entire series full of crap. I'm um, looking at you, Resident Evil. But uh, before we go there, Jeff, I know it's been a moment. How are you doing? Uh, no complaints on my end. Uh, I, I'm breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of breathing, uh, today, uh, as of this recording... I didn't tell you this prior, but I wanted to tell you here. Um, I got my first COVID shot. Not really the reaction I was expecting, but okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, yeah. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, you do you, man. <laughs> I'll leave okay. you with that. <laughs> in all seriousness, no, I'm not looking forward to the next one. So, I mean, this first one. My arm feels pretty sore. Not as sore as I thought it would be. Maybe it's because I have a good, pretty good pain tolerance. I don't know. But I'm told the second dose, which will be uh, in several weeks, that's going to kick my ass. Yeah, I fucking hate needles. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's me. And uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good myself. Can't complain. But anyways, um, so let's just get right into this. But Jeff, I'm going to start off with uh, a little bit of your background in video games. So, I mean, I know you've told me in the past that you're not like the biggest gamer, but when you do play video games, you do, and you do have a few video games you like, but you were always, you weren't like the biggest fighting game genre guy, correct? Uh, no. Uh, when I pretty much my gaming background, uh, I really tend to lean towards, uh, open world. Uh, so I, you know, I love Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption, uh, those kind of games. Uh, you know, Skyrim. I uh, I really like uh, platformers like uh, Jack and Daxter or uh, or the the Crash Bandicoot games. 
but when it uh, or you know even action adventure like i love i love uncharted uh last of us is one of my favorite games of all time uh so pretty the much, first one not so, not the second one uh that didn't happen uh <laughs> <laughs> uh so when it comes to fighting games though i i played a few growing up but it was never my genre i always felt the only circumstances to really play a fighting game and i kind of feel the same about racing games is to either play them in an arcade or drunk at a party and that's pretty much the only times I've played Mortal Kombat is either <laughs> at an arcade or drunk at a party. I've, I mean, you know, just through basic pop, uh, you know, pop culture uh, history, I've, I have a basic understanding of what it is and the, you know, uh, general idea of all the characters, but in terms of the lore and how well this film uh, depicts that lore, I'm a dipshit. But but I do know that uh, I do know that it's notorious for being one of the most violent, uh, violent game franchises of all time. And it's <laughs> actually if you go back and read, uh, uh, well, watch uh, old news footage of uh, of people in Congress trying to trying to ban the game, <laughs> trying to ban Mortal Kombat, which is hilarious. It's it is so freaking funny. And the fact that it's it's still an argument today just cracks me up uh but yeah the uh so with uh so with mortal Kombat overall as a franchise it's it's there <laughs> uh so you're but not like not like the biggest like you weren't like the biggest like fan of it yeah no like i, I mean I, like you appreciate yeah, it for no, what it is yeah, no, it, yeah it definitely has its place in history but you know just like street fighter you know i i respect it for what it achieved in gaming history, but I'm just not a, I'm just not a huge personal fan, but I know right. you are. Um, so yes. Uh, well, I didn't really get into mortal Kombat. Um, like really early on in life. I remember, well, okay. So I remember the 95 movie and then of course I remember. Okay. Do you remember there used to be a video like, <laughs> They made like an animated movie called Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins, and it's like the worst animation you've ever seen. Like they say, it's the best, the greatest like computer animated movie you've ever seen, but it's like complete horseshit. Like look it up. Like I'm not kidding. Like just look it up on YouTube. It's called Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins, and you will be amazed by how crappy it looks. I've seen um, clips, and wasn't there a live action series also? Yeah. So there were quite a few things that came out of Mortal Kombat. So. Uh, um of course yeah there was a tv there were like two tv series there was like an animated series called defenders of the realm there is the mortal Kombat conquest live action show which like took place technically takes place like thousands of years like maybe hundreds or thousands of years before the events of the first game but like it's more aligned in continuity with the movies but it, it's odd like it's it, like mortal Kombat was like you have to understand mortal Kombat was like fucking huge in its heyday I mean, it's still going strong. I mean, come on. You've already got like, I mean, after Mortal Kombat 9 came out, like there was just a huge resurgence and like it's it's still proven to be like one of the top like gaming franchises of all time. I, it, there's something you mentioned. You mentioned, you know, how like, you know, Congress was trying to like ban this game. But I think it's because Mortal Kombat, we have the, is it the ESRB or ERSB system? Um, I think it's... Uh... 
the ESRB. That's what I'm thinking too. But I it basically because of Mortal Kombat, we now have E ratings, T ratings, M ratings. It's the temple all... doom of video games. <laughs> Pretty much. Like this is the this is the I mean from what I understand, like the Super Nintendo Entertainment System version or the SNES version of this game, like there is no blood or gore or anything like that. It's just like uh, when you perform a fatality, that's and um, it's they perform it. No blood and gore included. And it's just that's that. But it kind of takes away from it. Right. It's Nintendo, though. So I'm expecting that. And he, well, even on the on the Genesis version, they still had the blood, but you you had to put in a code to unlock it, which is which is still stupid. Uh, that's kind of shitty. Just and I had and I still have on, a Sega just Genesis. Put on the fucking blood. If you're gonna put, yeah. on, the blood, put on the blood. So um, the so I used to think that the very first Mortal Kombat game I played was when they did is when Midway came back and made Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Uh, by the way, that's an interesting beast of a game. It was very ambitious, but I do like seeing Scorpion and Sub-Zero fighting Batman and Superman. That was but such I'm, a mistake. That game was an M. It, well, yeah, but you know, have to understand. I mean, like you can't just kill Batman or Superman. Like um, um, if you're going to put DC with Mortal Kombat, I want to see Batman rip someone's spinal cord out. Well, instead of, uh, instead of fatalities, for- they have what's called heroic brutalities. Like, Lame. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the fucking fatalities. I want Sub Zero to fucking freeze and kill Robin or something. I don't know. It'd be awesome. That was your one opportunity, and you fucked it up. Um, but anyways, uh, I think the first game I actually really played. So back when we had Nintendo sixty four in our house, um, I think I don't know if it was I requested it, but we had Mortal Kombat four. Like we rented it from Blockbuster, right? And I just remember, like, obviously, I didn't know how to play it. I think my brother had a basic understanding of how to play it. So I just remember watching him play it or me trying to figure it out. I don't know. I was way too young to play this game. Obviously, I should not have been playing it. Uh, So after Mortal Kombat versus DC, the first real Mortal Kombat game I played, of course, was Mortal Kombat 9. That came out in, um, I think it was 2011 when it came out. Yeah, 2011 or 2010. I could be totally wrong. But I, I remember I got, like, the deluxe edition of the game, which came like this, uh, these like bookcase ends. So it's like Scorpion using his, uh, like kunai spear to like, st- uh, like stab <laughs> steps up zero through the chest or whatnot, you still which was one? pretty awesome. I still do. I think it's in storage. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure it is, but, um, I, dude, I spent a lot of time on that game. And I remember this was back in the days when like I had an Xbox 360 and uh, I would, you know, do you remember when you used to be able to like burn songs on on the disc, and then you would like uh, burn those songs from a disc onto your Xbox 360? So like, I was totally like playing. Um, <laughs> I totally put on the Mortal Kombat theme while I was like fight, like performing fatalities and shit. And Scorpion and Sub Zero, in my opinion, are the two primary main characters of the entire franchise. I don't care if Liu Kang is supposed to be the chosen one of the franchise. The real stars are fire and ice. And anyone else who says otherwise, your soul is mine. Awkward silence. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) My plan worked. Ah, shut up. So, um, going, so, uh, and then of course there's Mortal Kombat, uh, X, which was really great. 
And of course, we have Mortal Kombat 11, which I really enjoyed. And, then, um, and there's your favorite Mortal Kombat Triple X. <laughs> Inevitably, I'm sure that game will come out at some point. Um, well, oh, are you actually, to be honest? Um, OK, I don't mean to go personal here, but like, you know how you know the rule of the Internet? It's like rule 34. If it exists, there's porn for it. I have yet to come across Mortal Kombat porn for whatever reason. Like, why, why are you looking? Okay, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I've, I've I've seen I've seen like every other parody, but I have yet to come across that, which is odd. Maybe it's because of the fatality shit. I don't know. Um, but anyways, this is supposed to be a family oriented show, but fuck it, fuck we that. swear all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, Mortal Kombat for me has always been a very fascinating franchise, um, and I've always felt like, I mean, I I grew up with Tekken smash bros. It wasn't really the biggest street fighter guy, but like mortal Kombat, I always came back to quite a bit. So I was like, I always felt that of all the fighting franchises, um, mortal Kombat had the most consistent story that you could follow, like really interesting characters. Like, so Ed Boone and John Tobias, the original creators, like they really knew how to craft their universe. I felt like, um, in terms of lore and character. So I was very impressed by that. So then you get to, uh, you know, so now it's now leading into the movie itself. So uh, by this point, I think it's Mortal Kombat 3 that comes out. And at, at this point, you know, the movie is gone into production. And then in 1995, it's released. And it basically follows the premise of the first game pretty much story beat to story beat, which surprises me. But um, so... Before we go there, though, I think it's I think it, we should go into our thoughts. So um, I I'll get into my thoughts in a sec. But, Jeff, I'm more curious than yours, because if I'm not mistaken, this was your very first time watching this, correct? Yes, it was. Uh, I never got around to watching it just because it it was just never a priority of mine. But uh, so while I was watching it, I. I had to look at it through the lenses of where video game movies were around that time. Cause I think, I think by, it then, was not a good track record. Let's say the, yeah, let's say that at that, at that time there was only the super Mario brothers movie street Ugh. fighter and, Ugh. and double dragon or something. <laughs> so, so you, you got uh, that trifecta of bullshit and, and, like you were saying about all the different forms of Mortal Kombat media around in the in the mid to late 90s, it was a complete oversaturation. It was everywhere. And so there was no there was no reason to expect anything other than, you know, just something slapped together with a Mortal Kombat name on it. They didn't have to try. All they had to do was just make it look kind of like Mortal Kombat and then They'll make their budget back in the opening weekend, and then the movie will be, you know, left into obscurity. But much to my surprise, the people making this movie look like they actually gave a shit. And coming from that era of video game movies, it's pretty shocking. It's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. But Absolutely you, not. Yeah, I agree. But when you watch it with that context, and especially when uh especially where the director ended up. I'll, uh, I'll get to him later. Uh, 
it could have been so much worse and it just has that 90s cheese charm to it the like this the moment you start the movie that epic fucking techno theme kicks in that we're going to be doing that quite a bit let's absolutely yeah and and so overall i think i'm yeah yeah fuck it i really enjoyed it it yes it's a it's a it's a quick 90 minutes you got fucking connor mcleod as raiden which is amazing uh got i have here in my notes on that it's like christopher lambert can't stop playing immortal characters like he is like those are the two main characters he's known for he's done a bunch of b movies but he will always be known as the highlander and the god of thunder raiden like what a fucking career absolutely <laughs> i just want to point out real quick so like mortal kombat 11 um they've come out with a bunch of skins and whatnot and um they have like Three skins for Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, and Raiden, and they all feature the likeness of the three actors, Lyndon Ashby, um, Bridget Bridget Wilson, and Christopher Lambert. And here's the bonus part. They got the three actors to come back and voice those characters or voice those skins. Okay, that that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> um, and we'll get into Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa in a second. But yeah, this is... Yeah, so... Okay, first of all, I'm very happy you enjoyed this movie because, yes... This, I mean, look, you, going into this movie, you're not expecting greatness. You want it to be entertained for like 90 minutes. And this movie fucking delivers like every beat of it. And it's like I said, it does. it's not trying. It's not trying to change the genre or anything. It's just like it just I think they knew what they were making. And they're just like, let's just roll the punches and like, yeah, let's just make it. And it, I think as a result, that's why the movie succeeds, because it's not trying to do anything else. So you look at something like Super Smash Bros, right? Uh, super smash fuck <laughs> super mario bros you look like that movie and like come on if anyone knows the story of mario it's like well first of all i'm not the biggest mario guy um our friend reese is more of a nintendo freak than i am but like if anyone knows mario you know he's just he's a trout he's like a <clears throat> multi-universe like traveling plumber who goes around jumping on mushrooms and fights a giant like turtle dragon named bowser and saves princess peach and then in this movie they're like fuck that let's do like a dystopian like universe and i'm like fuck you <laughs> dystopian science fiction what is this supposed to be like blade runner meets comedy like what <laughs> what <laughs> and then uh with street fighter um i don't know what they were thinking with that and of course double dragon i don't know what the fuck they were thinking with that so it's it's so nice to see mortal kombat where yes it's a PG-13 rated movie, so you're not going to see, like, real any gory shit. But at least they stuck with the tone. They acknowledged that they acknowledged what Mortal Kombat is. Sure, they wanted to get everyone in there, so that's why you have the PG-13 rating. But it stays consistent, right? It's, it's a very um, fun movie that knows exactly what it is. I'm just repeating myself at this point, but you get the idea, right? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, it's it's just a it's a fun t- it's just a fun ride from start to finish. I feel like. Well, plus uh, going off what you were saying about the PG thirteen rating, uh, I think that's another thing to take into account for how surprisingly entertaining it actually is. Because again, the nineties were the most uh, were probably was 
that in the 80s, the 80s and 90s were the greatest example of franchise exploitation, where if if you had a uh, decently popular IP, that logo was going to be slapped on everything. Pretty much. And and the, the fact that this movie is even halfway decent, I think definitely goes into... Uh, I definitely think uh, Paul W. Sanderson deserves credit for that because I, I think this was his first movie too. So I think that's that's also pretty impressive. Well, I this was his first real like I think this was his first real like major Hollywood film. He had made a movie prior, back when he from back in the UK, but um, this was this was his not his first not his first feature, definitely his first like big budget like Hollywood movie. Um, But. Yeah, he does a really he does a pretty good job, all things considering. Like, I think he really understood like what Mortal Kombat was, and um, I think I think um, it's because of this movie he got to make, of course, Event Horizon, and uh, that's a movie I think we should cover at some point. Um, but Event Horizon, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing from what I understand. Um, but it's all downhill from there, and that's all downhill from there. Like, why? What happened? Like. You could clearly tell this guy's a very talented director. So, like, why? I, you often I, like that's the real question is like, why did he go from making this to like Alien versus you know a good yeah hmm. doesn't make that. any sense. Fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we were talking about uh, story background for this movie and or just story background for Mortal Kombat. You were not really you told me you weren't like really familiar with the lore so i figured i wrote some notes down so but basically the basic premise of mortal Kombat is um there are many i wrote this down too so like there are many realms including earth realm one of the realms is called outworld ruled by the immortal emperor shao khan in order to conquer a realm the elder gods of the universe decreed that to invade the invading realms must win 10 consecutive uh, tournaments of Mortal Kombat. Um, by the time the original game in 1992 and this movie began, Outworld has basically won nine tournaments, and they are basically one tournament away from winning. Um, from basically winning one tournament, and then they can take Earthrealm. So this, it's like um, all hands on deck. And so you have three main characters. You have. Um, Let's see the cast list here. You have um, Robin Show playing Liu Kang, who's a former Shaolin monk. You have Johnny Cage, who's a Hollywood action star, played by Lyndon Ashby. And then you have Brigitte Wilson playing Sonya Blade, who's an American Special Forces uh, officer looking for Kano, uh, played by Trevor Goddard. Um, and they're all mentored by the God of Thunder, Raiden, who we mentioned is played by Christopher Lambert. Good old Highlander. Um, combat. That was cool. <laughs> and then you have, and then of course the the one hosting the tournament is a, is a sadistic demon sorcerer called Shang Tsung. Basically, kind of the right hand of Shao Kahn. He's just known the Emperor Shao Kahn's only known as the Emperor in this movie. But um, and of course you have, and of course the reigning champion is a giant four armed four armed monster or. Uh, called Goro, who is the prince of the Shokan race, which are essentially like humanoid dragons, from what I understand. And then, of course, you have uh, ninjas as uh, minions and whatnot. And uh, it's, oh man, it's a, it's a huge cavalcade of characters. But um, so let's talk about the cast, Jeff. Um, how'd you feel about the cast for this movie? 
again, I I'm not familiar with the characters, so I can't right. vouch, so I can't vouch if they're if the actors are accurate representations from the video game. But uh, I mean, just overall, the uh, I probably should have had the IMDb page pulled up so I don't butcher names. <laughs> it's all right. I get it's all right. I got um, the Wikipedia article for this movie up here. Uh, but so is it Robin? show robin robin show robin show robin show that dude's fucking awesome i <laughs> uh f- from what little knowledge i have of uh, Liu kang i i think uh i think he was cast perfectly uh the dude played johnny johnny cage i lyndon ashby yeah I, I thought he, i thought he was pretty awesome christopher lambert obviously perfect uh bridget wilson she was pretty good, uh, but you know, it's none of these characters are given. They're not trying to give like Oscar worthy performances. No, just no, no. Do the and, job. and I wouldn't say I mean, aside from Christopher Lambert, because it's fucking Christopher Lambert. Uh, aside from him, no one's giving great performances, but for what for the material they have to work with, I, I think every everyone all around do, does a pretty solid job. And uh, the dude who played Caden, that that's that was perfect casting right there. Played who? Caden. Kate who? Caden? The dude who has like a fucking Terminator face. Oh, you mean Kano? Hey, Kano. <laughs> that's who I thought you said. Yeah. So okay, so I thought this would be interesting. So Trevor Goddard. Um, unfortunately, he's no longer here with us. I think he died in the beginning of the of uh, the millennium. I'm not sure for when it was, but um, but yeah, yeah I, I understand it was it was yeah. unfortunate. But so a British guy who puts on an Australian accent. So I thought this would be interesting to know, Jeff, for you. And I've known this and every Mortal Kombat fan knows this. So originally Kano, he uh, Kano is the arch nemesis of Sonya. He's a mercenary who killed Sonya's partner. Um, and he's also like an arms dealer and whatnot. Um, so originally his background, he was like, I think it was either Chinese American or Japanese American. Watching the movie, Trevor Goddard puts on an Australian accent, so he makes Kano an Australian. Because of this performance, Kano was retconned into being an Australian mercenary slash arms dealer. And uh, I think it worked out much better because, like, God, like, I think Trevor Goddard, like, was our very memorable part of this movie. He's just like, right on. Like, that's all right, baby. Come to Papa. <laughs> he was really, like, he was hamming it up as Kano, I felt like. Um, I, I think pretty much every, pretty much everyone was, especially. Well, do you know who's really hamming it up? Let's talk about him, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who is like that dude chews the fuck out of the scenery, and I fucking love it. Like this guy <laughs> is okay, so he's like a popular like character actor, like um, this victory. He's he's always playing some sort of like bad guy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he's always used to playing some sort of bad guy, but um. There is one movie I saw where he actually was not playing the bad guy. Um, Jeff, do you remember the Disney Channel original movie Johnny Tsunami by any chance? I probably saw it when it premiered, and then so he played like passes. he played like he played like a sage, like a, he played like the grandfather of the main character who is like a who is like a surfer in Hawaii, and then he moves to like uh, somewhere in like um, the eastern United States, and. Um, he learns how to snowboard there and apparently and like it's the one time where like 
So I'd always wondered like, so in this movie is like, is that his real voice? And I'm like watching Johnny Tsunami back then and like rewatching it, like maybe several months early, several months ago, I'm like, Oh, so like he, he, he can, he can play calm and not ham it up every once in a while. You're like, yeah, yeah, he's actually pretty good. Like Carrie, who are you Tagawa? Like he's known for a lot of things, but he will forever be known for this role. So much so that when they came back to do Mortal Kombat 11 and they brought Shang Tsung back, he, they, they, they took his likeness and his voice to create the new version of Shang Tsung. And like, he, yeah, it, it, Shang Tsung is basically, I mean, sure. You have Shao Kahn, who is the ruler of Outworld and basically the overall, it's meant to be the overall main villain, but really the real villain is Shang Tsung and God, Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. What a, we said it already, he hams it up, but God damn it, he is brilliant in this movie. I feel like he rivals Christopher Lambert in terms of um, hamminess because Christopher Lambert, like he does a good performance too, but like, remember he's like, the fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. i love that man <laughs> oh man oh god that was great um so yeah i so yeah um having you know having more experience with the lore and everything i can safely say i feel i do agree with jeff like everyone pretty much delivers on their part um I, robin Sh so luke kane um originally was just like a shaolin monk who was trained his whole life for the tournament and he's mentored by Raiden. In the movie, they change it around to where he's like he became disillusioned with the Shaolin Temple, and then just left, or he left the Order of the Light, the White Light, or whatnot, or the White Lotus, and um, he leaves to go live in America. What motivates him to join the tournament is that his brother um, Chan, he's killed by Shang Tsung, um, and uh, he decides he's going to join the tournament to find his. Uh, brother's killer which i found was a it's different for our motivation but i like it um in terms of the other characters uh johnny cage's background is pretty much the same he goes to he goes to participate in the tournament because he wants to prove himself like he he's not just a, he's not just a martial artist for the camera like he is a legit fighter um funny fact um so lyndon ashby he actually had a small background in martial arts so like he knew some taekwondo and some karate a little bit of Kung Fu, I think maybe. And um, so when he does the fights, like that's him doing the fights and Robin show, he is a stuntman slash mar uh, martial artist from um, uh, Hong Kong. And he, d he's done quite a bit. So yeah, they definitely chose the right guys for this. Uh, I, so when I was doing, when I first learned about the background stuff way back in the day, so Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but Brigitte Wilson was not the original choice for Sonya. Would you like to know who was the original choice? Who? It was Cameron Diaz. That would have been weird. <laughs> well, she was she was cast and she was like training to be in the movie, but apparently um what happened was she injured her wrist and um Brigitte Wilson was basically just brought in as a replacement um which I mean, kind of sucks i mean the the only i think the main thing that we lost out of that potential was a uh was this a depleted amount of shrek memes that could have been made because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shrek memes are all over the place shrek is love shrek is life oh do hell, man. do not look that up 
do not look that up on YouTube. That's pretty fucked up and disturbing. Jesus fuck. Um, Somebody once told me, told me the, the world is gonna roll me. me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shit. Okay, shed. we're gonna let now. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, I, I will say. Uh, did you did you see the video? Uh, I think it came out about a year ago of uh, uh, Robin Shu and uh, Lyndon Ashby playing Mortal Kombat one and two. Yep, yeah, I saw that. That was, that was great. That was pretty fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was great. I, I and what what I liked about that interview is that they still like get in touch with each other. Like they're still like they still are friends. Um, and it's great that they're you know stay in touch. It's and good. So it, I, I, I think it. that's I think that's part of the charm of this movie is that even though it, it was made as a tech, technically a giant cynical cash grab, mm-hmm. it, it resulted in something that was genuinely fun. And you get the impression that they had a fucking blast while making this movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, one thing I definitely want to touch on is uh, the set design. Uh, I, I really, I, I did appreciate uh, all the the various set designs the the mm. lighting was really cool and uh what was your favorite fight oh, okay um before we get into the fights i, I did want to touch upon some of the set designs um because i think that that it's important to do some world building or whatnot i'm like are those uh I, are any of those uh are any of the locations in the movie i mean aside from the you know the giant mortal Kombat logo during the climax are those are any of those locations ripped straight from the game? Um, mm, well, I mean, Shang Tsung's island, the entire island is meant to be like, yes, that's that's from the game itself. That, like Shang Tsung's island is the set piece for the original Mortal Kombat game. But oh, okay. um, in terms of like locations, I, I there are some really like exotic, really like fantastic uh, locations that they shot at. So like the order of the light temple um where lucane goes to to see his grandfather and to basically resume his uh participation in the world combat tournament um that's a real set it's, it's not in china though that's i think in thailand actually i they shot this movie primarily in thailand um and then the outworld exterior stuff that's filmed at the abandoned kaiser steel mill it's now the auto the auto club speedway in uh, Fontana, California. I think that's, I'm not sure if that's in the Bay area or here in Southern California, but um, all of Goro stuff that was, that was all shot in um, Los Angeles. But um, by the way, uh, how did you feel about the effects in this movie? Because I, there are Uh, some really great effects and there's some really bad effects. So the practical effects, like, uh, you know, cause I I think Goro was, just one giant. Goro is like 100% a practical. Yeah. And like, uh, Gro- like Goro is just this giant ass animatronic. And mm-hmm. you can tell they're definitely shooting around the limited movements. But I mean, overall, overall, as at face value, as a special effect, it's pretty cool to see because there's something there made to physically perform in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. But, but with uh, but the CGI. <laughs> Oh my god! Forget it's, it. <laughs> it. It's that. It's that. Uh, that point in history when Jura- Jurassic Park comes out, and then every movie feels they have to uh, self in- has to indulge themselves on CGI effects, mm. and it's used as 
kind of a shortcut, but they it was at a point where the technology just wasn't there. Or if you're going to do it right, then you need to have really fucking good artists. In other words, ILM. And this movie was not, uh, did not have ILM. And so the uh, one, one effect that actually, uh, cause you know, there's the obvious uh, reptile, yeah, reptile, Ugh. but Ugh, that was the, rough. Uh, the shot of uh, uh, where they're, they're all climbing up the stairs uh, shortly after they get to the island and Johnny Cage's bags are falling <laughs> like, down the stairs. Do you need help oh, with those? God, <laughs> no, it's uh, but the, the bags, they're so awkwardly uh, superimposed. And if you look, if you look closely, they're, uh, they're just like, they're jittering all over the place. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't look like it's there. Uh, but I mean, Certain movies from that era that have the really bad CG, it's it kind of it kind of has a little bit of a charm to it. Uh, I mean, I personally think that cheesy practical effects have way more charm, but crappy CG, if if it's not if it's not like unbearably terrible, in this case, it's just like oh that uh, that doesn't look that good. It could always be better. Yeah, as long as it it didn't compromise the movie fully, because the no. movie the movie itself is nineties as fuck, and mm-hmm. with uh, and so the the bad CG didn't bother me. It it kind of added to the charm in in a way, but that, mm-hmm. that's just me. So um, since we're ta- since we're talking about the effects, um, when I was looking up facts for uh, Goro. Um, I kid you. Okay. So I agree. Goro is like the best effect in the entire fucking movie. And when I saw how much he was made, apparently, and I, I kid you not, and I'm going to use this voice. Apparently cost $1 million to make. I'm not like, and I, I buy that because like, there's a lot of animatronics that go into it too. Like th- it's really elaborate actually. Um, how did you feel about the fight? I mean, you said they shot around him quite a bit. Like, how did you feel about, you know, when he fights Art Lean, that character that like Johnny like kind of befriends a bit? Like, how did you feel feel about that fight scene? Like, how it was shot? Like, I felt like they did the best with it, but I was curious how you felt about it. Uh, it was decent because uh, overall, I think a lot of the a lot of the fights in this movie are very well done. They're very well edited and choreographed, and. Uh, but that I felt was one of the weaker fights. Uh, mm-hmm. If you ask me, I think the best fight was uh, was Scorpion and Johnny Cage. I do agree on that. So yeah, let's get let's get into the fights themselves. I feel like all the best fights in the movie involve ninjas. Um, and uh, I thought the my favorite. I think my it's hard I'm, to fuck up ninjas though. It's hard to fuck up ninjas here. Okay, speaking of ninjas, so you heard me say earlier that I think Scorpion and Sub Zero are the two main characters of mortal Kombat, not in this one not in this movie and i'm like as as uh as shang Tsung says scorpion and sub-zero deadliest of enemies but slaves under my power and they don't speak much they're just fucking um there they're not really they just serve as like you know like minions for them to fight or just like tournament fighters. Um, I mean, they serve their purpose for the movie. Um, I mean, so Scorpion, like Scorpion originally, like he's 
So Scorpion, so I mean, the backstory behind Scorpion and Sub Zero is very fascinating. Um, would you like to know a little bit about these characters a bit? Because um, I can definitely, because you, I know you, like you said, you weren't too familiar with the characters, but I thought since I'm like really kind of like pissed off they weren't proper characters, why not explain to you how, who these characters are? <laughs> are you okay? Uh, with that? Yes. After you do, I have an amazing piece of trivia that I just found out. So. Okay. Well, I, actually, I kind of want to. I kind of want to know this. Um, I can save this. Okay. So, the uh, so you know Johnny Cage's introduction scene. You know he he's on he's on the movie set, and then he's uh, oh, I know the one. He's uh, having. A uh, I know the one with the uh, with the director. Yep. Go ahead, and I want you to I want you to tell this because I think it's that actor is Doctor Schultkin from fucking Spaceballs. Is it really? Yes. He's he's an asshole, sir. Like, well, I know he's an asshole, but what's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. <laughs> oh my like, who's an asshole on this ship? Oh yeah. Great, I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> Ludicrous speed! Go! I think at some point we need to talk about this movie. Um, we need to talk about space balls. Um so side, I want side note with uh Please make Spaceballs 2 with with Disney era <laughs> Star Wars. Yes, with more money. With Disney Star Wars, it is a it is made to be made fun of because it's already <laughs> a joke. <laughs> um since we're talking about the director of Cage's movie. By the way, I think the introduction of Johnny Cage is brilliant because he's like it shows that he kicks ass and then like when he punches or he kicks the one stuntman, he's like and the stuntman does nothing, he's like this is where you're supposed to fall down. And he's like, Ugh. And he's like, where do you get these guys? I thought this was a fun fact. I don't know if you, I know, I know you said that was who the guy who plays the director is, but like, did you know that was actually supposed to be Spielberg? I, that would, that's, I, uh, I was going to say that's a weird prospect, but uh, Spielberg wasn't Austin Powers gold members. So. <laughs> Stranger, but Stranger yeah, apparently happened because I was apparently because I was going to say like when the, the moment he showed up, he does look like Spielberg. So it, it, well, that's because what they were going for. That's because it was supposed to be Spielberg, but apparently he had scheduling conflicts, so he was he unfortunately had to bow out of the project, which was that's eh, unfortunate. But imagine how like imagine how interesting this would have been a footnote in like his career. Like that apparently that would have been one awesome of the big because uh, because actually Spielberg says that he he's pretty a uh, pretty big gamer, which is. Is he really? Which is kind of awesome. Ah, that's interesting. I'm kind of curious what games he plays now, but um, uh, but yeah, um, going back to Scorpion and Sub Zero. So, let me explain just how important these characters are to the franchise. So, Scorpion was originally Hanzo Hasashi. He comes from the clan of the Shirai Shirai Ryu. It's technically supposed to be pronounced Shirai Ryu. Uh, I took Japanese for three years, so like I know how phonetics work um so zero is actually two brothers the original brother is bihan he they are both from the lin kuei clan which is a clan of assassins um and mercenaries they're all technically ninjas but they're supposed to be like chinese ninjas technically i i don't know but what and i know the franchise story but essentially they've been at odds with each other for the longest time and so um the sorcerer quan Shi basically uh was hired by the lin kuei to uh, help manipulate uh, or help wipe out the Shirai Ryu. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go Shirai Ryu because that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. So Hanzo was the leader 
of the clan. And so um, Quan Chi basically, disguised, he using his sorcery, disguised himself as Sub-Zero, made it look like Sub-Zero killed Scorpion's family. I mean, yeah. And so after, after Sub-Zero kills uh, Scorpion, he is resurrected as a Hell Spectre under uh, Quan Chi's control called Scorpion. And the reason they're both in the tournament is because uh, Bihan, aka Sub Zero, the older Sub Zero is there, and Quan uh, Chi, uh, basically uh, Shang Tsung is in Quan Chi. Like, this is your chance to kill your rival. And uh, there's like a great backstory, uh, great for their backstory. So like, once so Scorpion does kill Bihan, and at some point Bihan becomes uh, the villain known as uh, Noob Saibot, another another ninja. Um, and eventually another sub zero shows up and he th- Scorpion thinks it's his rival, but he realizes it's, it's not him. It's Kwai Liang, who is the younger brother of sub zero. And he's actually a good person. So Scorpion instead decides he's going to be the protector and caretaker of, or yeah, he's going to be the protector of sub zero. And that's the original continuity when they, um, long story short, basically, when they re- when they did Mortal Kombat Nine, it served as a soft reboot because they basically rewrote the timeline, as you will. So, um, at, at, at as of Mortal Kombat Eleven, basically Scorpion and Sub Zero are now allies and are basically have become like the most awesomest duo ever. And I'm like, yeah, like fuck, fuck Liu Kang and Kung Lao. That's a game I want. I mean, I love Shaolin, I love uh, Mortal Kombat Shaolin monks, but like. I don't play as those two. I pl- I put in the cheat codes. I play as Sub Zero and Scorpion, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" This game just got a hell of a lot more better. But that is my little rant on Scorpion and Sub Zero, and how I'm like just very disappointed that they're not proper characters, and how I'm very excited I am to see that they are at the forefront of the new Mortal Kombat movie. Um, by the way, as uh, we are recording this, uh, literally several weeks before the new Mortal Kombat movie drops, and by the time this episode drops. It will be the day that Mortal Kombat 2021 comes out, and you bet your asses we're going to be reviewing this movie. So, well, we're uh, not going to be reviewing Annihilation. Ah, uh, uh, don't remind me. Mm. Too bad God. you will die. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Uh. Anyways, fight scenes. <laughs> I. How did I mean you mentioned you mentioned that they're well shot and I do agree. I feel like there is a there is a hint of like so a good fight scene, you get to see the fight. There's no like there's no real you don't like do a lot of like cut quick cutting or whatnot, like to hide the fact that your actors can't fight. You want to train your actors. This is why the Matrix works so well, and this is why the move this movie works so well, is because well, a lot of the actors too were um so like Lyndon Ashby had a martial arts background. Robin Show definitely had a martial arts background, also a stuntman background. The two actors who play Scorpion and Sub Zero, Chris Casamansa and Francois Petit, Petit, they are both like martial. They are all martial artists. Um, Brigitte Wilson did some training, and then Karahuki Tagawa, he's also a martial artist. And then, of course, Raiden, all he did was just go, "Yes." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all I needed to do. That's all I needed to do. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I the fight scenes are great. Um, yeah, we're getting back to the fight scenes. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed the fight scenes in this movie. Um, I'll, the, 
because it's really well choreographed. You get to see the the fighting styles of these characters. My personal favorite fight scene is uh, Luke Kane versus Reptile. Um, that was that was a pretty sick fight, and especially set to um, oh god, what the hell is that song? But I do I I love that track that's used in it. I forget what it's called, but it's apparently by Tracy Lords, believe it or not. And um, if anyone knows who Tracy Lords is um do you some research let's put it that way wink wink um but yeah that's my personally that's my favorite fight in the entire movie um i don't and you mentioned that scorp your the scorpion johnny cage fight is your favorite why is that your favorite fight uh because i think it had i think it had a really good build-up uh because i uh the way uh that uh, that location in the forest it uh just geographically speaking it looked it looked beautiful and the way uh the way the camera was panning over uh over the trees that were so evenly lined up with with one another i don't mm-hmm. know if it was like a positive background at all but if it if it did it looked it looked pretty damn seamless and i mean aside from the uh kind of clunky cg hand tentacle thing not <laughs> a scorpion uh <laughs> I felt uh, uh, I think the actual hand to hand combat was was done very well there. And once, uh, you know, when Scorpion uh, teleports Johnny Cage to that uh, secondary location, uh, well, for one, that uh, that location looks fucking cool. Uh, I love the harsh red lighting and uh, that little move that Johnny Cage does where he uh, jumps up uh, and he's he's hanging from the edge of a platform and then he does a flip to get himself. That was a pretty cool flip. Yeah. The next platform. That was awesome. Uh, so, and I think it, I wouldn't say it was the most brutal fight, but it, uh, it at least, I don't know. I, I think that that was just the moment that, uh, that enthralled me the most. And especially mm-hmm. with the music kicking in, it's, I, I think that was the most well-balanced fight. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the music a little bit, because I think... So, so, so Mortal Kombat, so Techno Syndrome aside, I actually really enjoyed the actual score composed by George S. Clinton. It's like it's kind of a mixture of percussions and Asian um, Asian sounds. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sound that way. But my point my point is like I, I was surprised by how the sc- the score sounded and i know you like scores how did you feel about it test your might test your might so it's clear that jeff only cares about that theme okay i get it all right <laughs> See, so with uh i mean yeah it's i wasn't paying too much attention to uh uh to to the score itself like i I, I need to watch the movie again and uh, focus more on that, but on that element. But mm-hmm. my God, I I had the stupidest grin on my face when, uh, especially during that uh, that scene where uh, where Luke Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya are in uh, they're just in that room, and then all the ninjas start coming out, and the music starts to kick in. I'm just like, fuck yeah! <laughs> you see, you see Scorpion like. With his like, it's supposed to, so technically so Scorpion always has like a rope kind of or chain like kunai. It's a kunai knife attached to a rope or chain and uses it kind of like a, as a throwing spear. And he always he says that classic line, "Get over here" or "Come here." 
Um, that's Ed Boon, the creator of Mortal Kombat, or one of the co-creators, um, voicing Scorpion. And he's done that for how many games now? At least those screams. Like, um, obviously, we've had like actual voice actors, but for those sound bites, that's always been Ed Boon. Um, that's awesome, actually. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I, it's, I get that it, it, they're not going to do that for the new Mortal Kombat movie because it just sounds weird. Um, to have like Harry Yuki Sonata's like a face or Harry, Harry Yuki Sonata all of a sudden have like a get over here voice <laughs> instead of like a more authentic voice or whatnot. Um, well, didn't they, uh, didn't they do that in the trailer though? They did. They did. So I appreciate, I know a lot of people are like, no, we don't want it to sound like it. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Let it go. Just let it go. Uh, but yeah, I, I was really, I, I thought I always really enjoyed that sound bite. Have you seen the video, by the way, of Ed Boon actually doing it at like Comic Con at one point? I have not. He's just like, I'm not going to yell into the mic. He's just like, get over here. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, it, this, the, um, yeah, the fights I've always really enjoyed. Um, and the score, the score itself, like, the score itself has always been a very, it's like, it's a mixture between technic techno and like heavy metal um especially during the fight between scorpion and uh johnny cage that's like uh oh god i used to listen to that song quite a bit because uh <laughs> i was going through a phase and i'm like that's a good i do like that music quite a bit for that fight especially <laughs> especially like the ending bit of that fight um remember how it I love that we got to see Scorpion do like his like fatality. Um, he doesn't actually kill Johnny Cage, but like he rips his skull, he rips his mask off. It's that skull and he breathes fire. And then Johnny Cage just like hits him with a spear and like slashes him with a shield. Yeah. That, <laughs> Cuts that... his head off and he blows up. And uh, they, at, first, a... at first I thought that was, I thought that was blood coming out of him. Yeah. It, I'm it like, looks oh like, oh my lava. God, is there blood in this movie? Oh no, no. <laughs> There's no blood. Silly, silly. Well, it's monster blood, but it's not actual blood. But um, that's a cop out. Shut up. <laughs> yes, I. Okay, yeah. Let's discuss it. It's a PG-13 movie. The reason they did that is because so that they could get more people into the seats. Um, I. That's not to say there aren't fatalities in this movie because there are. They're just not the bloody fatalities we desperately want to see. But I think it's in, it's obvious they were extremely restricted on what they could do because mm -hmm. it's, you know, like the fatalities they do have, you know, they're they're standard deaths, you know, uh, uh, Kato, Kano, Kano, Kano. He's yeah. just it goes to show how little I know about this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, neck snap in between Sonya's legs. It's like, OK, whatever. But uh it's so if you took this movie at face value and didn't uh you know didn't know anything about the video game that wouldn't i don't think that would bother anyone but when you have a basic understanding of the you know the most famous element of the game the fatalities mm -hmm. the kills and when the movie doesn't deliver on that it's it doesn't compromise the movie as a whole, but it's 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 the elephant in the room. Yeah, it, which is unfortunate. And it's, it's funny. I in doing research. Apparently, the movie 
was the original script was apparently going for an R rating. And then I, I think the studio was just like new line was just like, no, we need to get people in the seats. Let's make this a PG 13 movie. And I think it's for what it was. I still think it works. Um, but I'm just glad we're finally getting an R rated mortal Kombat movie in several weeks. Yeah. Um, what, uh, yeah, before we wrap it up, uh, what are you, uh, what are you expecting from the new movie? Okay, um, so my expectations. Um, okay, so first of all, I'm not expecting greatness. Uh, or, uh, Well, I am expecting greatness, but I'm not expecting this to be like, and the Oscar goes to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, I'm expecting for it to I mean, hey, be they, respectful. I mean, hey, they, they now, they, there, once, there was a point where they said, the Oscar goes to Suicide Squad. Oh my god. Stranger things have happened, man. And Star Trek Beyond was the real winner, you piece of shit. I f- fucking hate the Oscars, I swear to god. Um it, so I'm expecting them to be respectful to the lore. Um definitely as the trailer has proven, there will be blood, a lot of blood and a lot of gore. So I'm glad we're getting to see that. I hope you at least get competent characters. The story won't be like amazing, but it'll at least be engaging and um plenty Plenty of characters will be um, uh, plenty of characters will definitely be acknowledged and hopefully respected. Um, I really hope at the forefront um, we get to see uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I mean, well, it's clear that the story is definitely like one of the main points. Plots of the movie will definitely be around Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I don't know in what capacity, but I'm very I'm looking forward to that. Those fights because uh, the fights look really great at least between those two, but I hope the rest of the fights in the movie look pretty fucking fantastic. Otherwise that's bullshit. Um, I, I think it was, I think it was announced that some form of techno syndrome, which is the remix that, which is the classic dun, dun, dun is going to be, I mean, they, they kind of have to, because it, they kind of have to at this point, it, it, it inadvertently be kind of became the mortal combat theme. I mean, remember, remember, uh, the power Rangers movie, like, in 2017 where like are they going to incorporate go go power rangers and not only did they use it they didn't do a remix they didn't do like a new cover they took the they took like the song that was made for the 1995 power rangers movie and put that in that movie which was like pretty Pretty fucking fucking awesome and uh and actually going going off that uh so my expectations for for the movie uh i don't know (laughs) uh i think uh (laughs) Because it's it's uh it's still a video game movie and those still haven't fully found their footing. Like they're getting better. because uh, I think the, the Sonic movie was leagues better than it had any reason to be. Uh The Witcher is is pretty good. I still need to finish the first season. Uh but I know people who would disagree with you on that on The Witcher because they're like more hardcore fans, but Let's you know. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The it, it it's the same thing with Mortal Kombat for me. I don't know a fucking thing about the games. Right. Fair <laughs> I'm, enough, I'm fair just enough. taking the show at face value. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, with the new movie, the trailer looked all right. Um, I like that they're going with the R rating and going all in on the violence. Uh, but looking at the director, he hasn't done a fucking thing. First time director, am I right? Which uh, yeah, but I mean according to imdb doesn't have anything so i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know this dude's background i don't know if he was truly qualified for the job i don't know but 
at least it, it's a very polished looking movie. So I'm I'm hoping for I'm hoping that he'll be able to pull it off. Uh, I do think that uh, uh, since you mentioned Power Rangers, I think Ludi Lin playing uh, playing Luke, Luke Kang, Kang is perfect casting. Absolutely perfect casting. And Ludi Lin is is a, is a really cool fucking dude. Uh, he was one of the best parts of uh, Power Rangers 2017 for sure. And pissed they're not making a sequel to that. I'm looking forward to discussing that movie, quite frankly. It reminds me we need to bring Josh back for that one. Um, uh, de- definitely. Definitely. Uh, so with... So I overall, I don't really have uh, if the movie sucks, it sucks. If it's if it surprises me, then, hey, cool. It, it might even encourage me to go back and and try uh, try some some of the games and see if I'm able to get into it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much. I've never really had a, a video game movie come out where I've been where I'm like, an established fan of the franchise. Uh, so I mean, the Uncharted movies, the first time that's really happened where I'm fam- I'm completely familiar with the source material. So mm-hmm. y'all better not fuck that movie up. <laughs> you know, uh, before, before we go any further, I just thought it was interesting. So like in our dark city review, um, we mentioned that like, where the fuck was that trailer? And like, we never really talked about that trailer. Did we? Um, when it finally dropped because because uh, when by the time our, that episode was re- we released that episode, the Mortal Kombat trailer had finally dropped. And I'm like, what did you think of that trailer? I- I'm really curious. The Mortal Kombat trailer. Yeah, they are. Yeah, the red band, like the restricted R band trailer, the red band trailer. I've only watched a couple of times, uh, but but like I said, it uh, it does. It looks it look good. It looks good. It looks good. Um I I'm hoping the trailer didn't show too much. I'm I'm assuming it didn't. Uh, but you know, overall, I'm I'm just hoping that the movie kind of takes the uh, kind of takes the best elements of the '95 movie, where it uh, you know not too much filler. It gets gets straight to the point. It gives you a basic understanding of the lore. Uh, you know, it gives you likable enough characters to follow uh, to follow along delivers on the fight and i'm hoping that the new one uh you know goes above and beyond on the fatalities because this is the golden opportunity to go all fucking out on that as- well especially with uh, with the newer games uh mm-hmm. you know they're they're always trying to uh, up the ante on the fatalities so if uh so you get a big budget adaptation behind that then I'm kind of expecting the movie to deliver on that in spades. Well, as someone who's seen the trailer multiple times, by the way, remember how you talked about how like the wait for the Godzilla versus Kong trailer, like that was like just a major tease for you. And then when the trailer finally dropped, you're like, fuck yes. (laughs) That, that was me for mortal Kombat. So, Oh God, I was so happy. Dude, I downloaded that trailer and I've watched that trailer. How many times now? Um, So, uh, I've ni- I've seen a few things in there that I'm like, huh, I'm interested. I'm curious as to I'm surprised they put that in there. Um, I won't tell you because some of those are a little sporty, I think. But um, that's for another discussion. But so, Jeff, overall, 
It sounds like you really enjoyed the 1995 movie, and I'm really glad you did because this movie is a fucking blast. It it is. It's uh, it's definitely an easy watch. Uh, it, it's a perfect, uh, it's a perfect late night movie. If uh, you know, if you just want to kick your feet back, you just want to throw something on. It's it's easy. It's easy to get into. Uh, it delivers. It delivers. <laughs> it delivers on the elements that it need that it needed to the fights and you know like i said the characters are just likable enough the uh you know christopher lambert and i'm blanking on the other gentleman carrie hiroyuki tagawa yes uh that that guy <laughs> uh yeah they they deliver the perfect element of cheese that uh, that this movie perfectly embraced it's i mean i i don't know how many times i'll rewatch it but at no point did i feel that i I was wasting my time with it so overall i dug it yeah this is a solid like solid recommendation for me like high recommendation for me like this movie as i said this movie knows exactly what it is it's not trying to do anything else it follows the story of the first game pretty much beat for beat uh, the characters, they've changed the characters just a little bit, but they're still respectable. They're still the characters that I recognize from the game. Um, uh, I do like how like Raiden is kind of this, this sarcastic, <laughs> this sarcastic like God of Thunder, which is like the fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> and I love how Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa just hams it up. It has begun. Your soul is mine. Oh, perfect casting. I'm so glad he came back for uh, the Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. But yeah, this is the fights are really well done. They're really well shot. The music is like, um, like, how have you not heard the music for Mortal Kombat? Um, I feel like everything in general is going right for this movie. Like few effects of shots aside, you know, not not enough blood and gore. It is a PG-13 rated movie. Um overall this is just one of the most fun times i've had with a movie and i've seen this movie countless times to where i'm like i don't need to watch the movie i just need to like go on youtube and watch the fight scenes because those are the best parts and i'm like i will and uh yeah just go from there but yeah i will never turn out an opportunity to watch mortal Kombat 1995 quite a gem of video of a video game movie yeah i mean if uh i can definitely see the nostalgic appeal for this movie if uh I mean, because I'm, I'm sure if I saw this as a kid, I would have loved it. I agree. I mean, like, yeah, this had a this was like big with teenagers um, back in the day. OK, uh, so I, I mean, I was only I mean, I think I was only like maybe. So I was born in 93. This movie came out in 95. Of course, I think I was only like maybe like two when this or two, yeah, I was only like two years old when this movie came out. And I do remember watching this movie when like in the late 90s when it was on TV. That was the first time I saw it. And then um and then you have yeah it's 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 amazing like how well this movie still holds up cgi effects and aside and shit okay so i i have this in my notes and i didn't know where else to mention it but the scene where uh uh where after uh uh Liu kang wins in the end and all the souls uh that, that were taken are are rising up all i could think of was the scooby-doo movie 
Why'd you have to remind me of that? Crap. That movie's James amazing. Gunn, you, Dude, James okay. Gunn, you... Give, give, that movie, give that movie another watch. It is a beautiful time capsule of the early 2000s. Fuck that movie. I refuse to watch it. Like What's Even then as a kid, it? I fucking... I hated that movie as a kid. Are you have fucking you kidding the, Have me? you seen the new one? There, It's shit too. Don't it get me wrong. It's like, worse. Because at least... Uh, <sighs> look, Matthew Lillard is like the best... Like Matthew uh, Lillard Shaggy, Shaggy yes. is a blessing from the heavens. Yes, he is. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, but he's like, and also James Gunn, you wrote fucking guardians <laughs> volume one and two. You created some of the best characters in the Marvel cinematic universe. How the fuck could you come make this piece of shit? <sighs> he wrote okay. both of them and he's a goddamn. I know, I know, I know. Which really like, dude, what it. the fuck? <laughs> And uh, you heard it here, folks. Later down the line, we are reviewing Scooby-Doo. No! And Scooby-Doo no! also unleashed. No! Absolutely not. It's happening. Fuck you. It's happening. Fuck you. It's happening. Fuck you. Happening. Fuck you. Get excited, folks. Get excited. This has been two nerdskis in a podcast. I'm Eric. I'm not really looking forward to uh, Scooby-Doo. And Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleash. Raggy! And that's Jeff. Stay shiny, everyone. Bye. Yeah.